desk brings you exciting and practical tips for improving your virtual teaching and virtual learning experience. Welcome back to another edition of The VESC, Voices from NCU Students and Alumni, Driving Research and Practice podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Barnhart, an adjunct professor in the School of Education. And yes, I am an admitted higher education nerd. With me today, we have another special guest and our first ever current student guest. I'm very pleased to welcome Janelle Garza. Uh, she is a current doctoral student at NCU pursuing her Doctor of Education. Janelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dr. Ryan. Thank you so much for welcoming me. I'm very excited to be part of this podcast and get to share some of the ideas with, with you and with everybody else listening to this. Absolutely. Well, we love to get right down to business, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to NCU and why you're pursuing your degree. Yes. So definitely. Well, I was a dyslexia teacher. So I decided I wanted to pursue my doctoral in education because I saw the need in our special populations. And I'm a big um, advocate for bilingual learners, for dyslexia students. So I say, you know what? I do want to pursue my career. I want to grow as a professional. And not only that, but to make a difference with my students. So it was a journey. And uh, as a dyslexia teacher, I I just started um, looking on the internet. And then I was like, okay, let's focus a little on checking out universities. And I love that NCU was fully online. And the classes started every Monday. So it was just one summer. I was off on vacation. Actually, I want to say June 24th is my second year in this journey. And I was very afraid. But I said, you know what? NCU has the support. They have the comments. They have the coaches, the academic coaching sessions at the Academic Success Center. And I was just like, I can do this. And I was dead afraid (laughs) at the beginning. But with all the support that I've received from NCU was was very helpful. And that's what kept me going and being consistent with my coaching sessions and the lessons that were provided online, because just because it's online doesn't mean that you're alone. And I can I can testify to that because even though, yes, the, the NCU community is online, but we have a lot of support there. So that's how I came across NCU, just searching on the website for an online university because um, I am a full-time, uh, I have a full-time job and I needed something online. And I was also a part-time teaching for the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Um, I'm an English language learner myself. So definitely I, I needed something online and I just searched and that's how I came across NCU and it, I saw that it was an accredited university. There was a lot of support, a one-to-one with your professors. And even though sometimes I felt alone, I would always go to the comments and I made some good friendships from the comments. No, it's great to hear your experiences there because I think that's, you know, as we've seen in the last 15 plus months going on, right? That's such an important part of the virtual education, you know, atmosphere. And I have to imagine with your background, you know, with uh, dyslexic learners or, you know, learners with learning disabilities or, you know, ESL or ELL learners, that that's even more important for those special populations, right? Definitely. And not only that, but also with my professors, there was this one professor that I took, I want to say was for statistics. And it was the first person that had a Latin 
uh, last name. And I was very excited just to connect with, with a professor that had a similar background, a Hispanic uh, last name. And um, it was just very nice to to know that I'm not the only one out there um, that feels like I can't do this, but with the support from everybody. And I can relate this to our English language learners. Like right now, we hired consultants that are English learners themselves that came to the United States at a late stage in their life. And now they're helping our English learners, our newcomers from the junior highs, and just giving them and sharing their stories with them. And that way they can know that they're not alone, that yes, it, it may be a struggle, but here we are and here we stand. One of our consultants is a doctor and uh, she has her doctorate in education and she dropped out of high school. Her vivid image reflected in, in the students and say that we're here and we can do this. So as co-workers, we came together, we planned, we found a way. As people, as humanity, we found a way to make it work. Oh, that's awesome. So let's let's talk about that a little more in terms of the research that you're doing, like within your coursework, as you work towards, you know, your dissertation and completing your degree. But how do you see it maybe um, being important to virtual education and impacting virtual education um, as you utilize it? So I'm going to focus a little more on the how my research will help virtual education in the education system for our English language learners, uh, per se in the education field. So my research will basically, as I interview teachers, as I gather data from uh, from their feedback, um, it's gonna help with different strategies that they put out there to help these kids. Like a lot of them, I know that they were using a lot of gestures. And even though they were through a virtual platform, like pre-K, kinder, they were using gestures such as like, oh, I can hear you or, they would point with their fingers or just different ways that they could connect with the students while the students would follow at the same time. So that's one of those uh, unique strategies that I feel that my research will help because even though they were through a virtual platform, they were still able to connect. And then, for example, with my dyslexia students, we used a lot of um, Google Slides because we used letter tiles to identify the phonemes um, and then the blends and everything and put the words together. It was as easy as doing a Google slide. And then I had a dog that was moving. And then the dog, um, we made him Rocco, making those connections through the virtual world as well. So our, our dog was Rocco and then Rocco would move, would move slides. That way we could blend the word cat. Hey, the first sound, k, the second sound, ah. And then Rocco moved cat and then t, cat. Okay, what is the word? Cat. And again, using those gestures, those symbols. Um, going back to, to the how my research will support a virtual learning is that a lot of these skills have been used by, by teachers and now they're sharing with, with us and it will contribute to different programs and platforms that teachers will be able to use not only through this pandemic that we're going through, but in the future. Oh, that's great. Now, what about, um, you know, I, I know that like uh, a lot of the work in, uh, you know, the dissertation and, and you know, well, for our listeners that are students, a lot of it is becoming that subject matter expert, you know, doing a lot, finding the annotated bibliographies and, and you know, your sources that you're building your future research off of. So 
Um, what recommendations might you have for listeners who are interested maybe in this specific area? Are there any, anything um, in terms of you doing your preliminary research that you found out that might be beneficial um, for them to know? Yes, definitely. Um, from what the research that I have conducted and going into virtual, uh, connecting it to virtual learning, is that a lot of the teachers, when it comes to professional development, they felt that they needed that model because, okay, yes, we went virtual, so here are 30 slides, 30 Google slides, yet they were not being modeled how they were given the strategy, but they were not given the example or the modeling of how to uh, conduct the strategy. So I know that a lot of teachers have mentioned that they would like to, they would have liked to have that model in the way where, okay, this is how I can teach it in math. This is how I can teach it in social studies. So the professional development, I feel that needs to be a continuous uh, participation in which we come. Yes, we show the strategy, but we also have to model and have them practice. And others have mentioned that going to breakout rooms was uh, one of the options. Um, so they were having a professional development and then when they would go to the uh, breakout rooms and talk and discuss with peers about it, uh, it wouldn't uh, supplement, for example, being in person, but they were able to model amongst themselves, okay, so we can apply this strategy. So bilingual partners, we would, uh, for example, place the students... Um, uh, intermediate English learner with a beginning Eng English learner. So that's how we would pair our students in, in the elementary. Breakout rooms were a, a large part of our virtual education, not only for educators, but for the development of our students' language as well. As they had conversations and they heard from each other, they discussed, they came back into the whole group um, and shared just what they had, they had talked about or they had learned. So I believe that the practice of having a model, which in the teacher perspective would be that administrator or that person giving the professional development. And then in the student perspective, having the teacher as a model and to demonstrate those conversations as well. No, that's great. And I think it's it's very interesting. You know, um, we talk about uh, in in the dissertation, right, we, the significance of your study. And a lot of times we want to focus on like the research significance in terms of, you know, where what gaps does this fill? What new areas does it open up for future research? In, in that sense, I think it's really cool to see you know, both of these sides emerge from your research. So let's, let's, let's keep it a little more about practice. And, and you, you, you mentioned it before about this, not just benefiting for maybe ELL or ESL or teachers that work with students with learning disabilities, but also in those other areas. So do, uh, any other, you know, like reading or math or other subject areas, do you think there's other specific benefits um, or recommend, you know, practice benefits, so to speak, that maybe teachers or administrators um, or even uh, other doctoral student researchers can kind of take from this um, aspect. So that was more like a, on a professional aspect as per virtual learning. Now, I already know how to do a Zoom meeting because I use it through through my academic success center. So it was easier to transition from, okay, I already know this because I've been learning it through my university and now I'm incorporating it into my, into my job. So those type of transitions where this is very difficult or I won't be able to, to do it, you'll be able to, to make those connections. 
No, those are those are great. Everyone, really, you know, teachers, learners, both sides to to really do things. Uh, we're at the point where we ask everyone uh, on the show: Is there one virtual education hack or cheat sheet, uh, cheat code that you use uh, that's made your life easier in the virtual education space? I want to say definitely Google Slides and uh, connecting it to Jamboard um, because I know this was. Um, Something, uh, I like a hack that I saw from a coordinator actually training uh, the teachers and I was in that training at the same time. And she was using Jamboard and this was to check for comprehension. So since this was for adults, each page on the Jamboard or even Google slide was, for example, okay, music that you know about the 80s, music that you know about the 90s, music you know about the 2000s. And so we were all excited and into it and let's insert pictures. Right. So each of us inserted pictures. And then at the end, we were able to visualize, for example, okay, so a lot of people have a lot of background knowledge in the 90s music. And so this was one strategy or hack that I was like, oh, I like this. Instead of having our students just write it down or be a little boring, why not? Okay, insert a picture and let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you know about matter. Let's talk about what you know about, I don't know, solids and so forth. And each teak, so each page on the Jamboard, she connected it to being a different teak. And this could be like just a, a, a pre-assessment or feedback for the teacher to be seen. And I was like, wait a minute, I like, I really like this activity because it's it was a hack to me where, oh, now I know that I can directly insert pictures from Google Slides or Google Docs. So you click on the picture icon and you insert it right there. So you don't have to go to Google, copy, paste. You just click on the picture. You want the picture of the sun and it inserts right there and then. So to me, that was like a little hack that I learned. And I actually, I actually did like the connection that we made to our background knowledge and as uh, as a professional and then also as a teacher where, okay, I can assess my students this way and it doesn't have to be a paper pencil, but it's more of a, of an interactive way to talk to students and get those conversations going. And something that I, I forgot to mention also was that from my research study, I've noticed that a lot of teachers um, like to use visuals and have the students interact with those visuals. So as, for example, an anchor chart, we usually like to pre-plan our anchor charts. So as I draw the root of the plant, I'm going to draw it with my students and I'm going to label it. As I draw the leaf, I'm going to draw a leaf with my students and let's label it. And what does that bring? It brings meaning and a meaningful activity for the classroom environment. So that's something else that could be included in what my research will bring is those type of strategies that will benefit in the overall education. No, that's a great insight there. Um, and thank you for sharing that practice with us. Well, Jelani, I want to, again, thank you for taking the time to join us here today. Um, and know for sharing insights on your research and practice um before we go though um how can our ncw ncu uh community members connect with you whether it's um like linkedin or maybe even in the comments yes definitely so they can link with me through the comments they can just type my email j dot g a r z a zero six one five at o 
365.ncu.edu. So it was my complete email and they can find me like that in the comments or by my name and um, a comments or an email away from anyone that would like to have more insights. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for joining us and you know, continued success as you complete your research. Um, and fortunately, I'm Ryan. This is the uh, VESC Voices from NCU Students and Alumni Driving Research and Practice Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us on VESC. This is Dr. Amy Lin. Remember, learning is right at your fingertips.